Let's be honest with your host, Just Jonda. Welcome to another Just Jonda's LBD. This is number eight, and I'm sorry we haven't done these in a while. There's been so much going on, and if you've been following, we've been having lots of fun with some reality shows. But of course, we gotta get. We have to always stay with what makes Let's Be Honest with Just Jonda what it is, which is you all hearing what I have to say about a lot of other things that go on in in the world and in our world in particular. So tonight, I'm really excited because I have a special guest and we are going to talk about something that happens with a lot of people, which is uh, improvement issues that could possibly end up turning into true crime. Uh, I have him coming on, but it sounds like we may have a little technical difficulties. Are you there? I'm here, Sean. I'm here, John. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, make sure there's, I can make sure there's nothing else on in the background, so you can't have your computer on or anything. It's just got to be you on the phone so that there's no echo. Just me and the phone. Okay. All right. So everyone, if this voice sounds familiar to some of you, uh, this is Sean, who is our co-host on the Ready to Love uh, podcast that we do here. And He's come on tonight to do what I've also offered to many of you, which is to let me know if there's something going on on your end of the world. And if there, if it's something that we could talk about here on Just Jonda's LBD. So I'm hoping we get uh, the little technical things worked out and then we will be right on to it. Okay, so I'm not hearing the extra. What's going on on your end, Sean? John, can you hear me now? I can hear you fine. There's there just seems that it, it there just seems to be some weirdness, but it's not so bad when you're talking. So we're just going to uh try and power through see if it improves and stay perfectly still. <laughs> well, I, I okay. have headphones on now. Oh, well, so headphones you definitely help. Yeah, I have a headphone. Okay. Okay, then cool. That, so you should be able to hear me on spot. All right. That sounds wonderful. Okay. As long as you don't move. Okay. okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I won't move. Okay. So, Sean, I called this episode When Home Improvement Goes Horribly Wrong. And it's a throwback to um, <laughs> Dave Chappelle when he says, when keeping it real goes wrong. And that was what I thought of with this situation, because 
my lord for those of you who love true crime uh we had home improvement that i feel like turned into a true crime episode except nobody's got buried so we don't go that far <laughs> so <laughs> no no Sean, one no one got buried thank god thank god so we're going to go to the beginning of this and i'm just going to walk you through it so that we can really give the audience a picture of what happened here and see how something that should have been incredibly simple turned into a mess that we're still dealing with. And then on top of it, and I say we, because of course, obviously he's gonna call his legal friend. And, and, um, and obviously home improvement issues, happen to people all the time. It's it's really un, uh, unfortunate because as we know, uh, things can go wrong with contractors and vendors of all types, but it's definitely, it feels worse when it happens with your home because this is where you live. This is where you're supposed to feel most safe and, and everything. So, Absolutely. And, it, Absolutely. and it pisses you off more because you don't have any choice but to see it because you live there. So absolutely, it does. It, it it does piss you off. It does piss yeah. you off. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. So you were looking for a contractor to do what exactly? I was looking for a contractor to landscape my property, um, and you know, I just wanted really to get somebody to get me started for the winter, for the summer, the spring and the summer because. During the spring and the summer, I'm really busy hustling. And a lot of times I don't even get to it until June. And I don't like the way I, I like to get it done early. So I said, well, let me get some things done early and I'll pay somebody, then I'll take over. What happened okay, this time? So, was that, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, so what was it they were supposed to do? The only, the, what they were supposed to do, what I asked for him to do was to mulch out my front property and to trim some hedges trim some hedges and the property, you know, the property is, it's my house is the front of my house. It's not that large uh, as far as what I want to talk about. I've done it myself plenty of times. I was just hiring him to do it. So it's a pretty nice size property, but it's nothing that I couldn't have done myself if I hadn't taken a, a, a weekend to do it. But, you know, I asked him to, mul to mulch out the property, which means that he has to scratch, scratch and rake out the old mulch turn it over, you know, because some of it gets packed down and you don't want it to stress out your plants and everything like that. So and you wanted did, it to uh, look spring and summer fresh. Exactly. You know? And I wanted okay. to plant, yeah, I wanted to plant flowers and to have a nice fresh round of mulch on the top of on the top, which is most people do. And make it just brings in some color, some color. I use red mulch. It brings in some color and, and it makes it, it makes it look good. It just makes it look good. Now, did you purchase the items and then he was going to put it in or you just said, this is what I need. And this was going to be the kind of thing where he goes out, gets whatever's needed, gets the mulch, all that stuff and brings it to the property. No, no, I purchased the, I purchased the mulch um, and a little bit of soil. So I purchased the items, you know. I so he just to had have, to come in and do the labor. He just had to come in and really much do the labor. And I had offered to do the labor with him. Um, only because I know it was hot and I know he's a business. He's just starting out his business. And I said, I'll do it with you. You know, I'll still pay you, but I'll do it with you. You know, 
but he came, he made two appointments. He missed both appointments. And so, oh, okay, gosh. fine. And I under, and I understand those things happen. I do I do understand those things happen. Well, two but times, two, but <laughs> he missed he, he missed two appointments and I had scheduled my day around doing it. So then the third day when he did come, it was it was really hot out, but I couldn't break away from work. I said I had I have to do some things at work. I can't help you this time. Well, you were well, number one, you were paying him. And two, you know, there were two other times when he was supposed to come and didn't. So be careful because whatever, whenever you move, I can hear it. Um, okay. And so the other uh, the other piece is um, that I wanted to ask, because there's a lot of people who may listen and they get this kind of work done. Do you know about what size a plot of land is, this is? Like I can visualize it, but for others who may be listening, um, you're talking maybe 15 to 20 yards, okay. 15 to 20 yards, 15 to okay. 20 yards square feet. It, it was it's like an L shaped. It, it's not a, a large amount. It's not a large amount of work, but it, it's about 15 to 20 yards. It, it takes them back. It, it, you know, you have to put some elbow into it to get it done, mm-hmm. but it's not like you can't get it done yourself. In one, and just in one for day a photo. For most people who are thinking this, because and the reason why I bring this up is because, of course, when we get into the cost, so this, uh, so it kind of makes a difference. Um, if I was to uh, sort of snapshot this, this is a, a row house, right? So it's not like it's all around the sides and stuff. You have people connected to you on both sides, or on one side, right? No, no, no. My 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 property is standalone. Okay, it's, standalone. it's not a it's not a row house. It go from the front of the yard to the side, and like okay. an L shaped. It's a stand standalone house. It's not a row house or anything like that. Okay, all right. And so, um, but it's on a street with a with a lot of houses. It's not like those. Yeah, it's in a resident. It's in a residence with the mansions with, with the big, huge. No, lawns. it's not like a. It's not like a mansion or anything like that. It's not anything like that. It's an average Cape Cod house that most people oh, okay. buy. There you go. You know, it's not it's not it's not that type of size house. It's a residential neighborhood, working the working middle to working class neighborhood. Nothing much you can't do. And there's a lot of people who use landscapers up and down my block. And I have used landscapers for a number of years, but I stopped using them because um, I just got tired of paying. And it was a lot of things that I could do on myself. And then when I was sitting there saying, it's like, well, I don't need to pay somebody to to come you know, mow my lawn twice a week at $30 a clip. I just buy a lawnmower and I could do it. And I've yeah. done pretty well by it. You know I mean? I mean, it's not as good as if a landscaper did it, but it's, it's, it's serviceable. It looks neat. And I actually enjoy doing it. You know, I actually started to enjoy doing the yard work. So, you know. Yeah. And I mean, you, you pay for the convenience. It isn't because it's something mm-hmm. you can't do. It's, it's all about the convenience. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you hire this person, they cut you, they set two appointments and you say appointments, but it was for them to actually come do the work, not to come and sit down and talk to you and figure out what was, what they were going to do. They were supposed to actually come and do the work on those two days, which is why you made yourself available. Exactly. They were coming to do the work. The the um, business person or landscaper in question, he had gave me a little bit of history. He just started his business. He had mm-hmm. left flyers in everybody's mailbox 
And one of the things is that in my household growing up, my mom and dad often would give people opportunities to do work around the house. Absolutely. Things in that nature. You know, so they would do that. And he was, a, you know, I said, okay. I, I, I called him. I said, yo, you know, hey, look, you want an opportunity? I appreciate it. Come in there with the full-fledged opportunity. I was going to give him more business. And he actually came in one day and cut my grass, which I paid him to do, and do some cleanup, um, which I did. And I paid him. I said, okay, fine. And we actually had a good time. I mean, like, you know, we were in the back, and I was even barbecuing that day, so I gave him some food that we were barbecuing. Right. And, you know, so I'm I'm thinking that, you know, we have, you know, I'm trying to build a You have a decent here. rapport. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking I have a rapport with this gentleman. Well, okay, and so this is definitely somebody that you're like, okay, they, they're, they're pretty decent. I'll be able to send them okay. people and all of that. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All I right. want them to be successful. So he comes in, he, and, he, and it's a hot day, and he does the work. Um, okay. I made I made two mistakes in this situation, which is what I usually never do when I'm hiring contractors. I didn't get a set price prior to the start of the job. Um, so when he completed the job, he told me an exorbitant amount of money. I thought it was mm-hmm. way over the way over the, it was close to for what he did, the problem was like eight hundred dollars and then the extra mm-hmm. thing he did was like hundred and sixty. So it was close to like a thousand dollars he wanted that day. I said And what time what time did he show up? He sh- that he day. showed up he showed he showed up a little bit after one o'clock. And then was, what time he, did he finish? He showed up when he it was finished, like he the finished, heat he of the fin- heat. He finished yeah, he finished close to six thirty, seven o'clock. Okay. Actually, after seven o'clock, seven thirty, in about seven thirty, between the seven eight o'clock hour, or whatever. Okay. Too late, too late for me to withdraw that amount of money, and the amount of money that he was asking for to get paid. I'm like, you know, I explained to him clearly. I said, I don't keep that large amount of money in the house. I said, and what you're asking, that's an exorbitant amount of money for that. And I said to him, but I'm going to pay you because you did the work. So I knew I wanted to be above board. And, and he was starting his business and everything like that. So I'm now, going to was pay. his preference cash? Well, I I, ex- I explained to him and said I don't have that amount of cash. No, but I'm saying is that what he, he wanted? Well, at first, initially, he he offered me like payment. I said you can cash at me, you can pay me half, or or whatever. And I said, well, I can cash app it, cash mm-hmm. app it to you. But if you want that amount of cash. I won't be able to get that amount of cash to you. I said to him initially till after the weekend. And that was like a thousand dollars, and it was Friday, and we're going into Memorial Day weekend, and I knew I had a lot of things planned or whatever. And I usually my when it comes to that situation, I like to under promise, um, mm-hmm. under promise over deliver. So mm-hmm. if I needed to get that amount of money, I would have gave it to him on Saturday, but I didn't want to be backed into a corner. But the one thing I made it very clear is that I'm going to pay you. And mm-hmm. I said that to him clearly, which makes it a verbal contract. Then he says, well, you know, can you cash? I said, I will. I'll cash app you the money. I said, but if you want cash, that's what I can do. And so I said, okay. He said, all right, fine. And you gave but, him some cash that night too, right? No, I didn't. I didn't give him any cash that night because I didn't have... I didn't even have half that amount available to me, mm-hmm. and I didn't, you know, and it was it was like seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. I was tired. I didn't feel like going to 
the bank, the ATM at that time to go get it or whatever. And that's usually been my experience is that people know me in the community. People, you, you sometimes If you're talking that amount of money, a contractor, you don't have it right then and there like that. You know, most mm-hmm. people don't have it that type of money. But I, what I did was, was that I wanted to let him know I was above board. I did a verbal contract and then I sent him a text telling him I'm going to pay you. And I knew right then by sending the text that I backed myself into a corner because I wanted him to know that I'm going to pay you, man. And then, okay. so, but what he had did was he, he said, um, he then sent me three texts and I said, sent I want my night. money. I'm, yeah. He said, he sent me three texts. I want my money. I'm coming to your house in the morning. I want my money. I want the money cash. And I said to him, I responded, I said, listen, I'm not going to have that amount of money cash in the morning. I said, I can cash app it to you. Or like I said, I can give you cash after the weekend. Me knowing that if I transferred the money, I knew if I transferred the money for cash app, I knew it wouldn't be possibly made available to me to the next morning. I know some people say it's, it's immediate and all that other type of stuff, but I didn't want to back myself into that type of corner. But because I could have easily just gone to the bank or whatever, mm-hmm. but I said to him, "I will transfer you this money th- tomorrow if if you okay. wanted to wire it. It's not a problem." So then everything goes, but then all of a sudden I wake up and it's seven o'clock in the morning. And this is and on he, Saturday morning, or this is on this is on Friday morning. It's on Friday. Okay, because he did the work on Thursday. Exactly on Friday okay. morning at seven o'clock in the morning, he's banging on my door. Mm-hmm. And like, I want my money, this, that, and the other, banging on my door. My God, I, I, I feel like he's the, the kid that's uh, on that 80s movie, Better Off Dead, when he's the paper boy who's chasing the boy going, $2! That's, that, that is all yeah, I can exactly, think of. Exactly. It was, it, was just, it was just a move that I had never really like encountered, like literally banging on my door. Uh-huh. So I, I, I did not realize, that's when I realized, all right, I know the type of person I'm dealing with. I, knowing myself and knowing my position in the community and my professional standing, I said, it'd be a bad idea to go out there to confront him because I know if I did, then it becomes a macho manny man thing. And I know know myself and I'm not going to back down. Mm -hmm. And all these things started kind of clicking in my head. So I said, I'm not going to answer this door. I'm not going to answer this door, I said. I said, it's seven o'clock. The banks don't open to 8 30, 9 o'clock anyway. So I can't get yeah. the money if until that till that time anyway. So all you have to do is wait an hour. And I told exactly. him that I wouldn't I told him I wouldn't be there in the morning. And I'm usually not early in the morning at that time because I'm out exercising or I'm running an errand. And then and then that's it. And then I'm off to work. But he's he's banging on the door. So I, I don't respond. I don't go out. I come outside. My neighbor calls me. About an hour and a half later, they called you on the phone. Called me on the phone, and she said, "Sean, did you have somebody come do work at your house?" I said, "What <laughs> happened?" She sent me a picture, and he had thrown garbage all over my lawn, all over the newly refined mulch that I bought that he had laid. He had taken a buzz saw and had chopped my bushes, my bushes up. Chopped my bushes up, chopped up my shrubs, um, 
thrown, sweeped, swept the mulch out into the street. Um, just had done a major job. I mean, like it was this and turned it into over. a nuisance for your neighbors as well because he dumped exactly. it into Turn, the street. It's just an eyesore. He dumped, yeah, he dumped it. And the thing about it was funny is that the previous day he had eleven bags of garbage from when he did my house the day you know yesterday on a Thursday, and he took it away. And I told him because I know those are extra expenses for landscapers and all that. I said no. Leave the bags with me. I know in my town we pick up that type of waste every Friday. So I said, leave the bags. It worked out I'll great. Just, he wouldn't have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't have to. You know, he didn't have to. But then I come in. He dumped all this garbage on my yard, and it cut up the shrubs, and then and then and then it did like major damage, like um, um, shrubs or trees that my, my mom had planted when I was a kid. Um, Oh, you know, shrubs that are like, you know, to buy them, they they, they cost me $150 to replace. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not done yet. So it's raining. I come out, I file, you know, I, I call the police. I explain the situation, I file, you know, a complaint and everything like that. And then I commence the cleaning up. Um, it took a great time in the rain. Um, and this is just, still on Friday. This is still on Friday. I'm not, and I'm not even finished. I'm just beginning. Well, right no, I, I know, but of yeah, course, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying in okay. general. Of course, you didn't want to leave it like that for your neighbors. Yeah, I didn't want to leave. Exactly, I didn't want to leave it like that in the weekend, and and people looking and things of that nature. So yeah. I cleaned and it, it and up. And it really it isn't fair to it to your neighbors. I mean, exactly. I, I know I keep mentioning the neighbors, but we live in a community, so a decent exactly. person and, does and, think about their neighbors. Exactly, and I and I and I was embarrassed. Because they people know that's not my. It's not how you roll. That's not a, that's not how I roll for somebody to want to come do things like that to my house or that. That's not how I live my life, and I'm always watching out for the block. So I clean up. My neighbor's son and I we clean up, and it, we get to about three o'clock. I had to go out buy new shrubs, plant them, things in that new trees. I, I had to go do everything. I mean, like it was it was it was crazy. It was raining. We we finished around 3.30, so we're tired. And this young yeah. man, I said, come on, I'll go buy you some lunch. I'll go buy him some lunch. His mother calls me. The gentleman returned. He returned at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and did the same thing again. Did the oh. same thing again. So at that you know, point, he did, didn't even give to... you a chance to... To talk to him, to work out the money situation, to do anything, no. it was he was just determined to mess up your property. Like I'm, I'm feeling real Cape Fear here. But go ahead. Exactly, exactly. Like he was just determined. Like I felt violated. I, I didn't feel safe. Um, the the new because who knew who know what he's gonna come back and then yeah. You know, well, and then you have a significant other. What if she had come there? I mean, it's just yeah, awful. Well, the, the the sad thing is, is that we're still not done. So I continue to clean up in a, in the pouring rain. No, but I'm saying from a safety standpoint, it, you're exactly. not going to feel safety safe standpoint, with her being there without you. So it's absolutely, just, it's just a problem absolutely. all the way around. Absolutely, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want this. You know, I don't want this to happen. It's a safety issue. Absolutely, hundred percent. I even tell my girlfriend, and I said, "Don't, don't come over." 
don't come over. And um, my cousin and I, and I call several friends of mine to, to alert them that these things might happen. But each time I, when I when he came back the second time, I called the police and filed a police report then as well. Okay. Okay. Well, well, I go. I commenced the cleaning up. I got to go back to the nursery, replace the shrubs again. So it's close to like four hundred dollars. You figure the shrubs were one hundred fifty, three hundred, about four hundred fifty dollars. I had to buy because he just he just did went to town on it. Like he hacked them so bad that they were unusable. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like they they you couldn't do anything about it. You know, he pulled one out the ground. The whole nine. I mean, I don't even know. I just, it was just so brazen because it was broad daylight. And I'm like, how could nobody not see him do this, do this, do this damage? I mean, it was just so brazen that it, it was. Well, it's tricky amazing. though, because it, depending on the crazy thing about this is, depending on who saw him do it, at different times of day, it could have literally been different people who saw him. Like, so the same person who saw him in the morning when they were on their way to work may have been totally different from the people who saw him in the afternoon, in which case they don't know if he's cleaning up or, or exactly. planting. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's hard to tell when you're dealing with a bunch of dirt. But there were, there were people there who saw him doing the work the day before. And they that makes it, it even worse because then they're like, okay, we don't know what Sean's got going on over here, but it's the same guy, so just let him do it. it okay, exactly. So then I go to bed. I say, you know what? I need to stay up because this this is getting really crazy or whatever. And um, at this time, I'm at heightened alert, like, you know, what's going on? This guy may come over. I don't know who he is, home evasion, the whole nine. So then... I even go to sleep in my living room. I, I leave the lights on. I try to look through the window or whatever. But it, it gets to about 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm, I'm sleeping. I'm tired. I can't stay up any longer. Uh, you he probably couldn't move after again. redoing your lawn. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was tired too. He comes again at 3 o'clock in the morning, dumps garbage on my mulch in the lawn again. Like then cuts the line to my Verizon, my Verizon, then goes All in my backyard. The slap you heard was me smacking myself in the forehead. But go ahead. Oh my you know, gosh. Then goes in my backyard, goes in my backyard and tries to break apart the cement window wells with a crowbar. You know what I'm saying? And then cuts other wires thinking, you know, Verizon line. Like a brand new cut, like the he, whole he thing. could have electrocuted himself because he didn't know what the hell he's doing. Well, I wish he had. So you know, I don't know. <laughs> then, 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 I, I, you know, I wake up in the morning, and my next door neighbor, a young man who I mentored or I'm close with, says, "Sean, you need to check this. Come in your car." I come in the morning. I see all the trash again in front of my house, and then I go around the corner to that. To my car, he spray painted my car, cracked the windshield, broke the driver's side mirror, and then taking opened up the gas tank and may have poured some liquid down the gas tank. So at this point, I'm little, I'm utterly, I'm livid. And I'm this livid. is a, a vehicle yes. that. Up until this point, you drove that vehicle. I mean, you used it to go to work. I or drove the whatever. vehicle. The vehicle was in great working condition. I was looking forward to 
turning a hundred thousand miles on it because I plan on driving it for two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. <laughs> hey, I feel you. You know, you know what I'm saying. So I was like, "Did you just?" And and it's at this point, I mean, like you feel violated, you feel a whole bunch of things. I've had I had friends who called me that were ready to come to my defense, figure this whole situation out. Yeah, but it's like you had some friends ready to do what brothers do when somebody, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I had we, brothers we're, willing to do, the, you know. We're from the same area. <laughs> we're from the you know, same state. And I, I, For those of you who are wondering if you're new listeners, we're from Jersey, so we know how it yeah. goes down. <laughs> and I even had, had my young my young boys a bunch of guys who grew up in the neighborhood who I knew and I mentored them. I got them. And they even asked me, I said, what do you want to do about this and things of that nature? And I told them, I said, you know, no, I, I can't. still trying to keep it on the up and up. Yeah. Exactly. I said, and, and that's not the example that I want to set for them, mm-hmm. you know, that I'd be willing to do that. But it was just, you. but the thing about it, Bobby, it was my mother's car that she had left me after it passed away. And I had taken painstaking efforts, like everything that she left me, to, to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And and I know that people judge you when your mom, as you know, your parents leave you things, how well you take care of things. And I've I've gone out my way to do that. And it it, it just bothered me when those things when when this happened. And and I Welcome, not only Gideon. I just felt I have to move. I have to move. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, that was fine. I was welcoming someone anyway. Um, okay. Okay. So, all right. So let's get let's go to the money piece because we're gonna assume because I told you I think that clearly you're dealing with somebody who um, it's it, there are some sandwiches missing from that picnic basket, but because <laughs> because that's just not how normal people handle things certainly not business people um and even if it was a vehicle and you wanted to repossess it you can't just pick it up i mean there are certain there are certain things that you have to do i mean you can't just self-repossess you can't come and rip things off of of people's property even if you were the one who put them there not that he did but you you get the point uh these things were then connected to your property um so there are there is just recourse that this person clearly could have taken if they felt that they were being taken for a ride and for those of you listening, this ain't it. It does not matter what, because I know that there's going to be some people listening and go, well, the guy was upset about his money and all that, which we're going to get into in a minute. But do understand that the things that were done here and probably some things that were done to you and uh, threats that someone may have made to you in a, in a situation like this, they are 99% of the time inappropriate. Very rarely does, uh, do these people do what they should do and call an attorney and find out what you should do. If someone takes you to small claims court, then they've done what they're supposed to do because absent taking you to small claims court, that there's nothing else counts. That's really, that is really their recourse for doing it. Obviously, 
if this was construction, then we know that they can do the the liens and put the fence around the property. But again, there are still procedures for doing that. You can't just put a you can't just put the fence up and go, okay, you don't have access to your property, blah, blah, blah. Um, and those some of you may have seen that and not understood why there's something under construction all of a sudden work isn't done, work isn't being done anymore, everything is halted and there's a fence around it. You just learned something tonight. That means the person who's getting that construction done hasn't paid their bills. So there's a, so there's a contractor's lien on it um, or a construction lien. And so we're not gonna build on it and you can't go on it on the property and get somebody else to do it and then try to get around paying us. This is not that type of situation. And as I said, even with that, you have to go to court. You cannot just deprive someone of the peaceful use and, use and enjoyment of their property, no matter what has gone on between you all without taking the proper steps to do so. Now, in this case, as it relates to the money piece, because we know that that is going to be this person's excuse, is going to get them anywhere, but it is going to be their excuse. What, uh, what, if anything, did you do as it relates to the money? Well, what I did do was, I first, let me just thank my friends and people who, you know, knowing my, just the people who supported me. Yes. I wasn't going to pay the gentleman. I was mm -hmm. like, my initial, I'm not paying this guy after he did all these things. Mm -hmm. But I sat down with a, a couple of people who, who advised me, and I and I believe they advised me correctly. And they said, you agreed to pay this gentleman. Mm -hmm. Pay him. Because then it makes you look like you're in the right. And and pay him soon so that you don't, it, does, it looks like you, you abided by the contract, the verbal yes. contract and the written contract. And so- it, that was a bitter pill because I, 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 I like, no, I'm not paying him after he done all, he's done all of this. I said, I'm not doing it. But they said, if you're going to handle this legally, which is what I agree about doing, is that, and there's so many other things that you can do to get your, um, your compensation um, for it, as well as, you know, I said, okay, what are we going to do here? And then I thought about it and I thought about it. And I, what I did was, you know, I consulted several people and I said, okay, I'm going to pay him. So mm -hmm. I paid him. I didn't pay the full amount that he wanted. I took some money back because I, but I paid him. So there's yeah. no, there's a transaction there. You know, I paid him. But what I did, then did was um, I contacted my insurance company. I took loads and loads of pictures. I took loads and loads of pictures mm -hmm. and I did some investigation and thank God my next door neighbor she had filmed him coming into my yard at three o'clock in the morning. Good for she her. It. She filmed him and saw that. Then also my neighbor at the corner of my house, she had a camera outdoors at her house and saw him um, taking pictures of my vandalized car or someone or, you know, the vandalized, the vandalized car. Um, so I have both of those, those videos as yes. well as I have, you know, that the, the work what he did there and at that point I, 
given that it was clear that he did uh, vandalize the vandalize the property, and you had proof that he vandalized the property. Um, I wouldn't have an issue with you feeling like uh, there was going to be a deduction. I would leave it up to the court to determine whether or not uh, they're going to award him the remainder, and then, of course, deduct it from whatever he owes you. But I don't necessarily have an issue with you compensating him for the work that he did do and then uh, leaving it up to the court to deal with the rest, especially as the numbers start to add up. Because let's talk about the car. Um, What ultimately ended up happening with the The vehicle? the, The car has been totaled out. And now, were they be, ever able to even figure out what the substance was in your gas tank? No, unfortunately, the car is actually still in the street. They were coming to pick the car up today. I had uh-huh. t- taken pictures and explained everything, and they told us the car out. I don't know. Wow. I, I think it may actually be salvageable because, thank God, it was raining on the day that um, it spray painted. So a lot of the spray paint kind of came off. But... Um, what I'm most worried about is the what's in the fuel tank because that that can that'll definitely destroy. So I haven't even started the car or anything like that. Any flat in the four tires, any cracked the windshield. So yeah, uh-huh. I mean just so, major damage. I mean he damaged your major, vehicle major, like you major, had a car was, accident. It was major. It was major damage. It was major damage. Spray painted all even, four panel all all four panels of the car. Put a major crack on the windshield. He went out of his way to make sure that not only was it damaged, but that you couldn't drive it. Like he didn't just flatten one tire to cause you a minor inconvenience. He made it problematic all the way around. Yeah, he flattened all four tires. I mean, yeah. he made it to a point where I couldn't drive the car. And I, I can't drive the car. Um, now, you know, I mean, there's there's things you. I'm pretty sure there's things you can do. I'm not a mechanic if I wanted to, but no. I said, you know, the car was in fine working condition. And like I said, I had contracted to pay you. It wasn't like I wasn't going to pay you. You know, well, I, no, I, I, I mean, I, this goes yeah. beyond, um, and that's what I really, why I really thought your story was important and w- what I want people to understand because. There is, uh, as as you said, there's things that you would you may have done this way or that way in terms of making sure you all had nailed down pricing and um, all of this. And I'm sure you're probably even aggravated that you fed them a couple of times. But <laughs> but <laughs> but ultimately, I think that this is where people um, and like I said, why I thought your story was important because it's where people kind of get hung up because they worry about, well, I mean, maybe if I had done this, maybe if I had done that, there are certain things that are just wrong and that are um, illegal from a criminal standpoint and certainly um, circumstances where you can make someone subject to civil liability, uh, no matter what it is that you do, that doesn't change it. It's kind of like 
if uh, somebody punches you in the face. Now you may punch them back and knock them clean out, but the person who committed assault was still them because they punched you in the face first. And it doesn't, it, that doesn't change just because you knocked them out. Uh, and so, uh, and so that's, uh, so that's the situation. Yes, there may have been um, a dispute and I, I don't even necessarily call it a dispute really because no, t he allowed no time to go by. There was no time that went by on, on this thing for either of you. The repairs, yeah, not the, the, repairs. the work the, was finished at seven o'clock at night. You told him that you were going to take care of it with going to the bank in the morning since he made it clear he wanted cash and whatever. By 7 a.m., before banks even opened, he's banging on your door to do God knows what had you opened your door because given the level of instability it takes to do the things that he did and do them repeatedly, yeah, you definitely didn't need to open that door. And so there's no justification for that. And um, it, if you go, it, it, as you are doing, and taking him to court for into civil court and small claims court for uh, your money, that doesn't change just because you may have had a dispute or there was a timing issue on the money and what and, and all of that. None of that changes the fact that what he did to your property was illegal. There is there was recourse that he had if he felt that some kind of way, hell, even by that afternoon that he didn't give you, that you didn't give him the money first thing in the morning, as soon as you crawled out the bed, then hell, you go to the courthouse that afternoon. Whatever the case may be, this is not, it was an overreaction on his part and having worked with contractors and everything like that and, and me having experience negotiating with people like that. Because I do Well, no, this wasn't an overreaction. This was flat out criminal activity that, of course, also yeah. has civil liability. He and, yeah. and we need to use the language yeah. for what it was. This person vandalized your property, did it repeatedly and in high numbers. Yes, he, he, he did that. And, and, and it was just ridiculous. But the move, the move, the move forward with the explanation is that I knew that once I sent it on text messages that I'm going to pay you. Oh, and then well, it's yeah. a legal con it was illegal. I knew when I verbalized it, it's a verbal contract. I said Well, and he said, did the work. Yeah. He, he did the and he work. did the work I mean, and, and I had yeah. and I had every and I liked the work that he did and I had every intention of paying him. And the truth of the matter, I've gone at times, I've had landscapers and I didn't pay them for the entire summer. They still landcaped my property and then they gave me a bill at the end of the summer and then I paid them. I said, I, I've done that. But in this particular case, it was nothing like that. This was a simple contract. Offer, exactly. acceptance, consideration. That's it. And those things were in place. You had an agreed upon exactly. amount. It, you may not have necessarily liked it, but like you said, you know, 
you'll know next time on the front end, like those other contractors you had, you all were fine with the bill going all summer because you knew what the bill was going to be at the end of the summer. There's some people that pay, like we pay our landscaper quarterly. So, you know, which in the, you know, summer language would be summer, spring, fall, you know, whatever. So, uh, so yeah, I get it. And that is what, um, but ultimately, let's talk about uh, recourse here because we talked about his recourse in terms of what he could have done versus what he did do. Now, most importantly, let's talk about yours. Now, first and foremost, this individual did commit criminal acts against you, several counts, vandalized your car. He vandalized your property, not once, not twice, but three times uh, he he did this to your property. Now, since you didn't talk to him, uh, you know, there's you don't have to worry about the threats or anything. However, given what he did, it is the type of thing that um, I would certainly get a, uh, an, you know, serve them with a no trespassing just because then that would be, uh, then I'm saying these are just options because then, of course, anytime he came on the property, he would be charged. People certainly have a right to get restraining orders against people. I mean, this is, this was, he did vandalism, but he did it in the way, especially once he escalated to going to your vehicle, which wasn't even right in front of your house. So taking the time to go to your vehicle and do what he did you know, that is something that would definitely make someone feel unsafe, like they were being stalked. And so certainly, I think that someone would be, would be well within their rights, if they chose to, to get a restraining order against someone who kept coming back and forth uh, doing things, because you certainly can uh, do an order that keeps people away from uh, from your home. I, I had to do that uh, once before because and in, in have someone have a stay away order um, from the home and it's, they didn't uh, physically harm me, but, um, you know, because of the things that they did in relation to the home. So that's those. And again, we're, I'm not saying for the audience, this is everything that Sean did, but these are some of um, some of your areas of recourse. But we do know, most importantly, you call the police, you file a police report and or um, go to your magistrate's office and, and file charges. Either way, that is one. So that's on the criminal side. On the other side of things, there uh, you can certainly file in civil court. Most areas, uh, small claims court, of course, everybody's number is slightly different, but typically if it's less than $10,000, it's typically in small claims court. I believe you said in New Jersey, you were told it was 3,000? Yes, it's $3,000. Okay, and and some I've I've even heard as high as like fifteen, which doesn't sound small to me. But at any rate, um, it was three thousand, which given what you spent to replace it and keep doing it, you estimate between that as well as the money um, between the money that you paid him, 
and having to replace the items twice, you're coming up to uh, at least $3,000. Yeah, I what I did was... Plus your deductible um, for your vehicle. Plus, yeah, I mean, you know, we can go over and everything like that. I've just talked about it with an attorney, but the breakdown was this. I filed claims with my homeowner's insurance and my mm -hmm. auto insurance. Of course, the car was totaled out. Um, the thousand dollar deductible. I have a thousand dollars deductible on home and auto, so I'm looking for restoration of that. Um, the home and the insurance company are going to go for. They're going to go into recovery and of seek course. damages from him directly. Seek directly from him directly. So I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Uh, I don't know how he's going to respond to that. That's up to him. That's between him and them. Yeah. That's between him and them, but I'm pretty sure it's going to put a squeeze on him. Um, what I did then do was I, I, I itemized uh, the cost, everything, the repair costs for everything, the replacement shrubs. Uh, um, having yes, replaced that's the, one of the most important things. Yeah. Document, document, document. And you've right. been doing a great job of that. Documentation and photos. Documentation, I have the photos. And then what I also did was I had another landscaper come up and gave me an itemized Yep. Uh, uh, invoice of what it would take to repair the damages to the property. Very um, important. Um, so I, I actually got that today. Actually because that's that going to be one of the things that the judge is going to ask. Um, are you, do you plan to get this done, redone professionally, especially because what he, um, especially because what he did, be careful with the moving around, uh, because oh, what me. he did, he may have caused even more damage because he was digging and what have you. So if you are uh, looking to have professional services done, then of course you need to give the judge an idea of how much that's going to cost. So, because again, yes. it's all about documents when you go into court. And again, for those listening, because when you go into small claims, you don't necessarily need an attorney for that, especially because you're seeking uh, smaller amounts and obviously in seeking smaller amounts, watch the yawning. You're going to make me yawn. It's seeking <laughs> the smaller amounts. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's... It's been, I know, it's me, a little late. Been, it's been a long day. And, no, not because because I had the election yesterday. I hope everybody voted. But I yes, also yes, was voted. Yeah, campaign. So I'm sorry about that, audience. Please, I apologize. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so sometimes, a lot of times, and totally understandable, people are reluctant to get an attorney for a small claims matter if you're just seeking about $3,000, and then you're going to turn around and spend uh, several thousand dollars on an attorney, then that's another thing that turns people off from pursuing the matter and they just go, okay, screw it. Um, or, you know, if, if an attorney thinks it work, thinks it's worth it and that your likelihood of winning is great, then they may do it on a contingency. But even with that, because the amount that you're seeking, if the amount you're seeking is like, you know, less than $5,000, then again, you you still may feel some kind of way about uh, giving somebody 33 to 40%. And even as an attorney, I certainly empathize and understand that because we're not free. 
and you need your money. So I get that, especially when you are trying to recover funds to replace things um, or reimburse yourself for money that was not in the cards to come out of your rainy day fund, if you're blessed enough to even have one. So all of that being said, it is, um, I know it can be intimidating generally going to court, but you can make small claims court happen. Even when they send, uh, you may, uh, someone may send uh, their insurance company to represent them because if the person has insurance, uh, depending on who you're dealing with, then you could be dealing with their insurance company attorneys, or if that, let's say the home improvement person company, your uh, person you're dealing with works for a larger company. So again, they can afford to have corporate counsel, etc. If you have your documents, even if not necessarily pictures, although they help, but they're not the be all end all. If you have your documents and your documents are in order and your documents can be as simple as making sure that you are writing down contemporaneously with the events. And I mean, by that, I mean, when the events are going on, you're writing down everything that happens. You, you essentially will find yourself like keeping a diary of what has happened. If you got to use your date book to do it or however you calendar things, whatever you do, if you've got a day by day, step by step or of what it is that you're doing, keep the receipts for what you're spending, um, who you talk to if you get estimates, because if it's a home improvement issue, then, which is what we're largely talking about here, then you definitely need to get an estimate uh, possibly even two of what these items cost. The estimate should meet what is considered to be industry standard in terms of dealing with a reputable company that's not known for gouging people so that you don't come in there with an estimate that is so outrageous that the court will go, well, thank you for the estimate, but this looked about as crazy as what you told me this other person wanted to charge you. So um, those are the types of things. I, I, I thought about, and I thought about yeah. that, <laughs> but I eventually. <laughs> now, what with your situation is a little bit different because you are not just dealing with and, and 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 this and to be fair to everybody, a lot of times that if you have a home improvement disaster where not only did the person not do what it is that they were supposed to do, because a lot of times, as you and I both know, when people have a home improvement problem, it is usually because the person either didn't do the uh, didn't finish what they started, or you know did or did something wrong that has to be redone. Like they did a whole thing. It got inspected and the inspector goes, who did you have do this boo boo fool? Cause it ain't right. You got to redo it. Um, those types of things. So when you have an issue like the boo boo fool issue or like what happened to you that turned into freaking natural born killers without the killing part, you, um, you uh, want to have um, your situation is a little bit different. The estimate probably will be higher than whatever the original cost was, because typically 
the per new person coming in has to not only do the work that you originally wanted done, but there's a possibility that they've got to fix something that the other person screwed up. I mean, you had somebody cut wires and whatever. Now, as it relates to cutting wires, that's something Verizon has uh, Verizon has to deal with. And don't be afraid too if you have to take off work, for instance, to wait for Verizon. Let's say for those of you listening, somebody's supposed to do your roof. They cut all kinds of stuff and they screw up your satellite. They cut the wires, they screw up your cable, whatever. If you have to sit around and wait for those people to come, also have a something, some documentation from HR regarding um, the time that you missed from work. It's uh, not every judge will award it, but they just might. This was all a part anything that was a part of you being made whole should be considered. Now, whether it, um, a judge includes that or not, I would not hesitate to bring it. And again, that is very simple. All you need is something from HR showing exactly what your salary breaks, uh, what your salary is. And then you sh uh, and then you have something showing your hours missed and what that breaks down to per hour. Like if you're a salaried employee, do the math and break it down per hour. And if the judge thinks the math is mathing, then good for you. Um, so these, of course, I am, uh, I guess people would say that I mean when it comes to this, to any kind of thing, uh, which I don't mind, especially when it comes to uh, dealing with victims, although oddly enough, I'm, I'm a criminal defense attorney most of the time, but um, I get it. And so I have no issue with people exercising their rights to the fullest extent of the law and their tolerance. So if you want, if someone wants to go criminal and civil, go for it. If you want to do one versus the other, go for it. Now, I will say that sometimes, uh, I know at least where I practice, most of the time, if we do a criminal case and it involves any type of property damage, if the victim uh, presents the property damage, then the court will usually uh, provide the provide the amount in restitution. The reason why I recommend uh, going civil as well, because I mean, one will cancel the other out if they if they pay it, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, the reason why I recommend going civil as well is because typically in criminal court, the court will award restitution, which is just the value of what was taken or vandalized or what have you. Like somebody wrote you bad checks, you get the amount of the amount you lost through the bank or somebody damaged mm -hmm. your vehicle, you get um, the amount of vehicle damage on the estimate. In civil court, you have a better chance of getting what it would cost to actually repair it. So that is why um, if you're going to take the time to go to court, then make sure that you file uh, in civil court. It is also from an expense standpoint, the most you're going to spend as it relates to the civil court is time, not the money. 
And I'm talking about small claims court because small claims court is not terribly expensive. Again, it depends on where you are. I think in the jurisdiction where I'm at, it's something like maybe $54. Um, how much is it there where you are? Oh, $75, $75, yeah, $75. Exactly. So yes, again, it's a pain in the butt. You want to punch somebody because you had to pay the $75 as well. Um, so it's, it's a cost benefit analysis, sure. But uh, ultimately, your biggest your biz, biggest expense there is just going to be time because yes, you are going to have to go to court. And unless the person capitulates the first time and go, okay, I did it. What do I need to pay? Um, you're probably going to have to go to court two, possibly even three times. But that is where um, have making sure that you communicate with the representatives comes into play. Because if they do have um, a representative on their behalf, they're probably going to, especially when it's just blatantly that their person is wrong, they are probably going to uh, try to settle with you and that type of thing. So when they're trying to get in touch with you or they're sending you letters, trying to call you, reach out to you, take the call. Don't agree to anything that you don't understand. Um, if they send you a letter and you don't fully understand it, make sure that you have somebody in your pocket that you can talk to that probably does. Um, you don't have to, if they go, well, this offer is only good for what, uh, for this number of days. And, and let's say they give you an unreasonable amount of time. I'm only making this offer for 48 hours. So you need to let me know. Um, if you're making me an offer, then that tells me that you are concerned that you are going to lose. So you will get my answer when I give it to you. So, and, and that is the way you have to think. You have, uh, you've got right on your side, you've got your pictures, you've got your, um, you've got your documentation and you can take it to the bank that just Jonda is telling you that even if there is a dispute over, let's say there's a dispute over money or what have you, there is no recourse that involves someone coming and tearing up the property or take ripping off something that they put on. When you sell a house, you're not even supposed to take down the window treatments if they are you know how people get those window treatments that are attached to the wall? Unless you agree to that, that has to stay there because it becomes a part of the structure of the house. You don't remove a deck because the person who contracted with you didn't finish paying you for the deck. You have to seek other recourse. If you can't remove a deck, then you can't go and dig up a lawn. It's the same thing. Well, and um in this particular case, we didn't even get to a point of not paying or anything like that because we're talking about foolishness that began within 12 hours. And that's another takeaway from this, just in case people go, well, he didn't pay. No, within 12 hours, this person decided to go into nut mode. So, you know, in this case, it was definitely extreme, but there's lessons to take away from it as well. And not necessarily to you, I'm talking about to the audience in terms of thinking that, oh, I can't do anything because of the money. No, vandalism's vandalism. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lessons to be learned here. 
that I need to go back to my principles as far as negotiating prices and everything before people start work. Also doing a little bit more background check on the people who I'm dealing with. Um, luckily, my um, my girlfriend and my sister-in-law, they were able to locate the gentleman's LLC. Good. Um, LLC address, his personal address. They also did a, um, did a background check on them as well and learned that he has several liens already on him. On him. So, you know. Um, so this isn't people, new stuff. Yeah, this this doesn't seem to be new stuff for him. So, I mean, in, in the truth but of the matter. it's tough, right? Because yeah. if someone is referred to you by someone else and you have had a couple of encounters with them that seemed positive, you don't know that things are going to go nutbush city on you. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's just the unfortunate thing. But what I will do is I thank you for being willing to come on and tell your story because this whole thing has been quite traumatic. I mean, when you first told me about it, in addition to being upset for you because you're my friend, I was, I mean, it is, it is scary when things involve your home and people rolling up and, and all kinds of stuff. And you know that you are dealing with, in, let's say, unstable behavior. <laughs> so how, <laughs> you know, we don't know him personally. I haven't seen any of his medical records, so I won't make any allegations that can get me in trouble. I will just say that the behavior that was displayed was unstable. And you take that yes, however you I, want I, it. I, I, I you don't the best way to put it. You have no idea of that until somebody does it. You just don't, exactly. especially given that you had uh at least two or three prior experiences with him, smaller jobs, but still, you know, positive. Like you said, he was doing some work. You were barbecuing here, yeah, bro. You want a burger? I mean you Yeah, know. well it, it just it was just weird and you know, it's, people just need to know. And luckily, I've I've been through not through this before, but I've I've seen enough with my mom and dad and dealt with people, and that I knew better. So part of the blame, but I'm not going to take responsibility for oh hell no criminal criminal behavior and lack no. of professionalism. I won't do that, and no. I'm not going to stand. And I've had one. I had one friend who said, "Well, you shouldn't pursue that. He's crazy. You should just leave it alone." I said, "No, because he could do it to somebody else." And if he wants to put himself off as a having being a legitimate business person, then he needs to have atonement for what he did. And, and I'm not going to back down. And he's and he's not crazy, in the sense that uh, uh, the way that your friend is probably saying it, like from a sympathetic standpoint, like, well, you know, he's probably got he's got problems and whatever. whatever. No, he's got problems when it's convenient. He wasn't exactly. he wasn't so crazy that he couldn't function and come do the work. This is a person who has an LLC and whatever. So if they're crazy, if they're on this or on that, if if they have highs and lows, we know they're functional because they can do the work when they can do it. Like you said, the work was actually quite nice. Had he not torn up his own work, you were ready to recommend him to other people. Well, yeah, maybe I mean, not his yeah. prices and stuff, but had no, that whole thing. I would I would I would have going forward, I would have been, 
you know, I would have been like, okay, I know what it is. But going forward, we'd have been talking price before. Exactly. Uh, like said, because the quality of work he did, exactly. he did do well. It just, he just got a little punch happy with, with the pricing and then, you know, went all the way um, when it came to what in his mind he thought he was supposed to do about it. But um, yeah, so, but again, I think that it's still uh, important to talk about these things because people get very uncomfortable when it comes to money or, or just when they feel like, well, maybe if I did this and, and, and didn't do that, well, that is no, uh, that's no excuse for anybody to abuse their position in a situation because the mm-hmm. reality of it is, is that if you're, if the money thing, cause we really can't even say it was like a big money thing. Cause again, he started tripping within 12 hours, but let's say it had went on for weeks or whatever, which clearly it didn't. I mean, you paid the dude, even though he jacked up your lawn. Um, then even with that, your recourse is still not to stalk or vandalize or make somebody feel uncomfortable. None of that falls under his list of uh, of possible recourses. No different than if, you know, things legally for you, you would not have been justified in hunting him down and whooping his ass. Now, um, on the in street <laughs> law, yes, but but no, you would not have been. You would have been arrested and would not have been deemed to have been. That would have been a justifiable beatdown. You know, your punishment. We might have been able to work with that a little once you told the story, though. But you'd still be guilty of assault. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, good thing that, that we kept that we kept the boys at home. But yeah, and- I, I think I think that was the best thing. <laughs> okay, well, again, thank you very much. Thank you, Jonathan, for having me. To- I, hope, I hope my experiences helps other people, and they don't make you know a mistake. And and I appreciate the advice that you're giving, and uh, I look forward to some more. Let's be honest, uh, just John the uh, legal advice. Absolutely. I've got some good stuff coming up. Everybody, I know you have been waiting on my Erica Girardi and Tom, Erica and Tom Girardi update. It is coming. There's so much stuff. This case is like changing every day. Now, just a quickie, because this is good. It's good and juicy. And Sean, you're like, what is this story? I'll talk to you about it later. But um Today's ruling, Erica Girardi lost her her motion in court to um, to have a gag order put on. Uh, well, I'll tell you what's trying to do. She Erica is trying to, and this is Erica from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Erica Jane. She is trying to keep people from talking about her fight to keep her things because she knows that makes her look bad. Her, her husband and, you know, by extension, she as well 
are being he's being accused of embezzling millions and millions and millions from his clients and showing it's bad we're talking this person um and i'll have to remind you what episode it is you go back and listen to it that this person has taking the money that he got from flight victims, air, airplane crashes. Um, he, he's one of the best known injury attorneys in the country. You remember the movie, Aaron Brockovich? Sean? With Julia Roberts? Yes, I remember. Yeah, yes, he may yes, have stepped away, but for those of you who remember, no, 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 I had, I had it on mute. Oh, you had, had it on mute. mute. Okay, I'm remember sorry. the movie uh, with Aaron Brockovich with Julia Roberts? Uh, yes, the absolutely. movie basically, well, that movie obviously centered on her. She was who was actually the law clerk, because as you recall in the movie, she wasn't an attorney, but she was a law clerk. Well, the part that they really didn't play up because the movie really focused on her efforts as it relates to the people in this town but the lawyer who handled the case when she got all of that information is this same dude tom girardi so that is how top of the oh. line yes oh, that Girard is okay yes uh, okay yeah everybody knows this this is big time lawyer so he is being taken down right now because the money from those type of cases, like the Lion Air crash, all of those, the toxic cases and all of that. Well, the hundreds of millions that were supposed to go to uh, the different law firms that uh, worked with him, with the clients, because sometimes you'll bring in other law firms when you have these big class actions, uh, the clients themselves so there's people who can't get the surgeries they need to get because the millions that they were supposed to get, he's somewhere living with his real housewives of Beverly Hills wife, driving all kinds of fancy cars, all kinds of exclusive jewelry and all of that. And this little so-called singing career and all of this, um, it, it, the, the victims weren't being paid. And mm. he has had hundreds of of lawsuits and bar complaints against him but yet he's the guy who takes care of all the takes care of everybody you know he's got the box seats that he lets the judges use he's uh you know head in the big time in the legal community and what have you so you look and you see all of these bar complaints and lawsuits but not once has his license been suspended ever Meanwhile, people's licenses get suspended for things as simple as just not, you know, paying some fees for the classes they make you take every year. Um, so just all kinds of stuff. Well, anyway, what is going on now, obviously, that everything is coming out is that um, in addition to them going through a divorce, which, of course, she conveniently filed right around the time of all the lawsuits, but of course, the bankruptcy court is seizing everything and, mm. and there's itemization of everything. Well, if you and her have been married for over 20 years, then that includes all of the, the community property as well. So she is trying to stop her community property from being seized. And of course, every time she and her lawyers file a motion saying, uh, saying, you know, don't seize this from me, don't seize that from me. Of course, this stuff is public. So what happens? Everybody knows that 
she is so into, despite the fact that she gets a salary from Bravo for appearing on that show, that she, people are looking at her like, oh, so you don't want to give back all the jewelry that this dude gave you that, you know, is basically from ill-gotten gains. So that makes her look like crap. So what she wanted was a gag order to keep that from being talked about because, of course, she looks like shit when that gets talked about. Well, the judge said no. So you have a song that talks about uh, is expensive to be you. Well, then we can talk about what those expenses are, because those that's the type of thing that she says. Like she says, she spends fifty thousand dollars, no, forty thousand a month on glam, on her glam squad. You know, the, for her hair mm -hmm. and makeup and all that kind of stuff. Well, all of those statements are coming back to bite you in the ass. The other thing that happened today that her attorneys tried to fight against is there's an attorney, Ron Richards. Um, you need to uh, follow him on Twitter. He has been following this case very closely on Twitter and talking about it. He's in he's in California as well. And he's been watching the show, even pointing out things that she has said or that she's showing on the show that will um, that makes her look bad or is the money and stuff like that. Like the fact that she mentioned that she was on Lexapro. So he was like, OK, well, now they can talk about her medical records because she just talked about them on television by saying she was on Lexapro. So anyway, there was a petition by uh, the other side to for him to be involved in the case. This guy who's on Twitter, for him to be involved in the case as well to help ferret out all the assets. And her people objected and the judge oh, the judge said, nope, they can have them. So uh, two rulings um, that are pretty major if you're Erica Jane uh, that came out today. So that was uh, some big time stuff for those who are wondering about folks on the pop culture front and the stuff they're going through in court. So, and in other quickie housewives news, Jen Shah, who is also going through her federal criminal case, one of her cousins attempted to put up a GoFundMe for her for two and a half million dollars for her legal fees. And that got shut down when lots of people complained. Uh, nobody wants to pay your legal fees when you're charged with stealing from old people. So that is a quick update. I'm certainly going to talk more about these things this week. And I haven't forgotten about you all with Russell Simmons and Kamora Lee. That situation is messy, but I am also following it closely. So stay tuned for that. And as always, if you want to talk about it, chances are I want to talk about it too. So let me know so we can be honest together. Follow me on all of the major platforms and all of my uh, contacts for social media are in the comment box. And well, I'm sorry, not the comment box, in the info box. So you'll find it all there. Thanks again, Sean. Good night, everyone.